This is the Water Boys podcast presented by Crossing Broad. I am Coach Gary. With me, as always, Mr. Kyle Pagan. I know he hates when I call him Mr., but I can't drop it from my vernacular. So I'm just going to introduce him. Kyle, how are we doing? It's a sign of respect. I really appreciate it. Really it is. Thank I, you. I care deeply about you. Um, <laughs> well, for the first time in about, what, four weeks, five weeks? I mean, two months ago. Yeah. No, we were enemies like four months ago. Yeah, and I mean, not too long ago, we were enemies. And now look at us. People can well, change, people. It's funny. We should just keep teasing this and never actually talk about it. Maybe one day we'll tell you what, tell the listeners what actually happened. Because I don't think we, either of us, really know the answer to that question. I thought I handled it perfectly. Did you ever listen to that episode? Uh, The first one? Without you? Uh, Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, Who's you know, player? I handled it as perfectly as I could. But I mean, I think we should just keep teasing it. Like one day. We'll just tease it. One day we'll talk about it. 20 years down the it. line. I do remember you had saying you thought you were getting too much blame. And I, at the time, I think I said, it was, oh, I don't know, but time heals all wounds. And I would time say if I could go wounds. back in time, I'd, I'd probably say I was, I don't know, man. I feel like I was kind of innocent in the whole thing. I feel like I was stuck between a divorce. I don't know. Oh, that's, but we'll, I was we'll right too, though. Point. I thought I was right. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. But that's a divorce. Yeah. But I don't think I was getting divorced. I think I was the child of divorce. Ooh, interesting. I think I, was, I think I was the one stuck in the middle. However, we'll talk about that one day because we have other things in person. Someone who's not divorced. I don't even know if they're married. Joel Embiid, huge weekend at the uh, NBA All-Star game. We saw his kid. We saw the first time kid. ever. First time ever. He wasn't used to it, though. He wasn't. He did crack under pressure. You having a kid, uh, if you were, if, if Baker, you think, was in front of um, a contingent like that, how do you think he would react? I don't know. There's the lights would might might hold on to him. He Baker's odd. Sometimes like a stranger. He doesn't have stranger danger yet, but like sometimes he's a little shy. But sometimes he's just real giddy about it. So I think if someone was having an intense conversation, he loves intense conversation. It makes him smile and giggle. So he might be a little he, bit of a psychopath. I don't know. But he must have loved you and Kate negotiating at the dinner table for uh, what you should do for your next house or what you should do for, you know, big. What's a big purchase? Do you make any big purchases at the house? I guess the house is probably the biggest one, right? Yeah, it's the biggest purchase. I mean, we're, we're he was at the, he was with the carpet with us the other day. We're getting new carpet for the upstairs of the new house. So he was there for that. He was enjoying that. Yeah, I think so. You're haggling yeah. a little bit. No, you know, I went to a nice old couple that, that has been doing it for years. I went with Empire the first time. A little public service announcement. Never use Empire. Okay. Brutal. Right. Terrible. They had to come out three times and fix the floor they put down. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Well, back to Arthur and Beat. Um, what'd you think of the Jerry Curl? I think what it looks you, good. I think it, I think it, it should amazing. come back. I really think, I think it should. Have you seen coming to America? It should come back. I do. I mean, some of the best Jerry Curls. Deion Sanders, Pedro Martinez. Pedro might be the best Jerry Curl. Um, Deion's was very good. Dion's was awesome. Draft night. Charlie Murphy. Him on the cell phone. Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. I don't think he had real. I think it was a wig. Okay. Prince. In the the E True Hollywood. Does Prince? I guess Prince had a long jury curl. Yeah. The jury curl curl really really needs to kind of make a comeback. I don't know how you would do it. It probably would have to be different, kind of. I think it will come back. I think we're getting close. I don't know. It seems like we're going back to '90s attire. Well, they just bought Mitchell and Ness, and Jay Z had that uh, that quote saying, "You know, style just always it never goes away. It will always come back, uh, just in different uh, iterations." And I, I saw your tweet about bringing back the baggy style as a bigger guy. I'm okay with that. This new modern yeah. look doesn't work for the larger, the husky of the groups. Doesn't work for. 
So I'm actually, so I'm on like, uh, I'm on the COVID probably 15. Like I've, I've probably put on about 15 pounds since COVID. Now I'm a, I'm a regular skinny guy, so I can get away with that. And, and it doesn't go into the face, which I'm really lucky. Yeah. You're tall too, which helps. Yeah, I'm tall. So it, it but it, it hangs in the hips right now. And I have to, right. um, I have to get a, a suit, um, obviously tailored and whatnot. I'm the best man of a wedding coming up. Ooh. Um, do I tell them that I do plan on losing weight by the time? It's a dangerous game. Okay. And I've been playing this game for the last 30 years of my life, so my entire life. Like, oh, no, I'll, I'll buy something that's a, sh- a size too small. Make me one will fit into it. I wind up just buying another one in the right size because – So do you do, you do that to motivate yourself? Be like, hey, listen, yeah, I know but what I look works. like right now. Yeah, yeah it never but really like works. like in two months, you're going to – wait till you see me in two months. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it never. I mean, this whole paternity thing was supposed to be like, oh, Gary will get in shape. Never happened. It's, I mean, maybe remember Gary gives girth. Yeah, that was cool for like two ne- weeks. Never happened. You got on a treadmill. I did. There's a treadmill. Actually, I. I mean, you can't see. There's a treadmill right here. I could be on it. Maybe next week I'll do the whole store from the whole podcast from a treadmill and see how out of breath I am. I like that idea. Yeah, maybe so, I'll pass out. Back to uh, I guess Joel and B. What the people came for? They came for I guess sports talk, not for. Uh, Girth and uh, and 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 tips on uh, how to get tailored properly uh, when you do gain a little bit of weight. Um, Be self. That's my offer. I loved I loved the All Star Game uh, in terms of from a Joel Embiid perspective. That was I think the longest All Star Game I've ever watched in my life. I would like to know how much uh, Gary got into the All Star Game. I'd like to know how many minutes or seconds Gary watched the All Star Game. Um, can I get that answer before I go into mine? Do clips count? Yeah, sure. Okay. Was, so, it, was it was it between eight to twelve when the All Star Game was going on? Like eight to twelve minutes? No, eight to twelve, eight eight, 8 p.m. to twelve a.m. when the yeah. All Star Game was going on Sunday. Okay, yeah. I'll give you that. I what saw favorite clips. clips. Um, I saw him beat Yaman. I saw him yam a few times. Dude, that game is slow. It's it's slow up until well, slow is not the right word. It's it's a lot of guys just just does it fast still breaks. get competitive? And yes, does. and and this was my main point that I wanted to talk about was like if you're a Sixers fan, you I know it's the All Star Games, an exhibition, blah blah. Guys aren't really taking it seriously, but they do take it seriously in the last I would say the fourth quarter. They take it seriously in the fourth quarter because they do the Elam ending. It's the ending where they play for the first three quarters. After each quarter, the score resets. So they, if, if Team LeBron wins the first quarter, uh, $150,000 to Team LeBron's charity. If uh, uh, Team Durant wins the next mm. quarter, $150,000 to Team Durant's charity, blah, blah, blah. So I think they – I forget who won the three quarters. I think Team LeBron won two of the three. And then in the fourth quarter, they always keep the total score up in the right-hand corner, and they'll set um, the Elam ending. So I think it was like – let's go with like 143-142. The, the target score in the fourth quarter, there was no clock – First team to get the 163 wins. Uh, and then okay. kind of see so it ramp up. Puts a sense of urge. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, if I had known that, maybe I would have tuned in. But the problem is, look, I'm not going to stay up for exhibition basketball. I'm just not. So, I, I'm not. I mean, I am going to watch on Friday. I, I might watch the entire. Well, no, I'm not going to watch on Friday. I'll be at a bachelor party. But we do plan on putting a group bet on the game. We're going to take Harden the over with points. The Sixers on the money line. And then I think we're going to take another. We're going to be a two or three parlay. Two or three, yeah, a little parlay amongst okay. ten men, ten guys going. Yeah. We'll put a nice little little payday on it. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I'm sure it'll be on because we're in a house in Brigantine for the first, or well, both nights. But 
we have like a pool room and a shuffleboard table and play a ton of left, right, center, left, right, center, all time game. If you ever play it's a great it. game, um, do dollar hands. And then the last game, $10 hand, boom, I'll give like you $30 hands. Uh, we did one at Christmas. My family, we did one with, um, uh, lottery tickets. Oh, that's a good idea. That's yeah, a great so idea. Nobody won anything. And there was like 30 some liar tickets. And that's what and that's Gus the Groundhog right there. I know um, the side tangents have always been our bugaboo, but I want to mm-hmm. ask you this question. If you go to a white elephant and there's a there's presence, right? And you, you have the steel and there's one where it's like a basket of lottery tickets. How much value are you putting on that basket of lottery tickets? Because I always say it's either one or one A. What do you have? Two steals typically in a white elephant? I think. Let's just say you have the final steal, and no matter what, you're yeah. getting the gift you want. Let's say, let's say this: there's a bottle of your favorite fifty dollar bottle. Your favorite fifty dollar bottle is available, or fifty dollars worth of two dollar scratch offs. Ah, I Where mean, just the just the allure of of not knowing. Yeah, that's the that thing. you could be. It's a, the thrill. Hundred thousand air or or a millionaire. From those fifty dollars scratchers, I won a hundred dollars one year. Even uh, my, if you win more than fifty aunt, bucks, you feel yeah. like you won. My aunt gave me gave me scratch off. She gives you like one scratch off a year. I won a hundred dollars on it. That was a hundred dollars free in my pocket. I don't know if my mom listens because when she did, she used to correct my grammar and she would get all in my head. But I've been asking for scratch offs in my stocking for no less than fifteen years, and it's never happened. So, mom, if you're listening, please two one or two dollars scratch offs. That's all I want. When I was 16, I asked for nothing but Wawa gift cards for my family. I racked up $250 in Wawa gift cards. Guess what paid for gas and for Friday nights? Wawa gift cards. There you go. Yeah. Six months. The the Wawa gift card. The $25 Wawa gift card when you were in high school was an elite present. Mm -hmm. You feel like a millionaire. There's a tank of gas. Yeah. No, exactly. Or three quarters. Well, back to the uh, all-star game. Yeah, let's um, stay on this one this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're, if you're, you know, what my main point was, like, if you're a Sixers fan, you have to come out of there, kind of like just being excited in a way, um, because you could see the mutual respect that everybody on Team Durant had for Joel Embiid. Like he's, yeah. uh, he was on the court with, I want to say Zach Levine. Uh, he was on the court with. I think Tatum was on his team. I, I, I forget. I know it was like only like three days ago, but I still forget. It was just a blur. Um, Durant didn't play. His grandmother unfortunately died, and he wouldn't have played anyway because he was oh, hurt. Um, yeah, um, his grandma's a big deal, right? No, his mother was a big deal. Remember, you're yeah, the real MVP. Real, yeah, she had a real MVP. But same name. So Wanda Durant. I read Wanda Durant first, and I was like, oh my god, his his mother died. That sucks. But it was his grandmother. I'm sure she lived a great life. Uh, the other Wanda, uh, R.I.P. to Kevin Durant's mother or grandmother. Um, but it was awesome. They were just deferring to him. And he was the only one playing hard at the time on Team Durant. Like he was the only one that showed like he wanted to win. And just having not really a kind of pass the torch moment because like Steph and LeBron were on Team LeBron. But mm-hmm. it was kind of like you saw who the top five guy was. And, and if you hate Jokic, like I hate Jokic because all the Jokic stands have just kind of just mushed your brain and, and all right. the stupid advanced stats. Jokic like didn't get any burn in the in the end. Maybe he didn't right. want to play. But I thought f- it was kind of more of a more of a Joel Embiid is better than you, and this is who I think it was. Uh, Monte Monte Williams was oh, no Spo was their guy. Spo Eric Spolstra was like, yeah, he's playing. Go ahead. Are you afraid of the Jokic brothers to come after you now? No, I like the Jokic brothers. I feel like you, I feel like you could party with the Jokic brothers. The only thing okay. I don't like is I and I hope the committee takes it into uh, the MVP voting is that uh, Nikola Jokic like almost killed uh, one of the Morris brothers. He hasn't played since he hit him back in like November. Okay, and I he just want that to be known. He won the MVP last year, right? Mm-hmm. They're not mm-hmm. going to give it to some nobody two years in a row. 
The NBA writers love advanced analytics. They love guys that are that are not you know the norm, and they they uh, it's it's between Embiid and it's between Jokic right now. Right now, the the betting favorite is Embiid, but you know the the basketball writers like a narrative, and I think the narrative right now would better suit Joel Embiid than it would Nikola Jokic. I think no, I think Jokic got his narrative last year. Uh, the only second rounder I want to say to ever win the MVP. It's a great narrative. Uh, mm. How about the narrative of the guy who came over from Cameroon, who's a seven foot monster, who only picked up a basketball at like 14 years old, almost retired after two surgeries. His brother died. Like, it's a pretty good fucking narrative. I made this margarita really strong. Happy National Margarita, by the way. By the way. Um, <coughs> good God. Um, I had a question. Oh. Who- no, go ahead. Ask your question now because I don't remember I, my question. I didn't have a question. Uh, sorry. I was going to say, who's your MVP? Oh, so you know what? I was going to ask you this. Damn it! Now I forgot it again. This is this is poor performance out of me. Um, was this the Joe Embiid arrives game? The Kobe arrives game? And they had I saw clips of that the other night mm. in the in the All Star game. Was this the Joel Embiid has arrived game? I don't know because he's. I feel like he's already a riven. I'm just going to make that a word. I'm saying like arrived maybe on the national stage. No, 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 no. I really, I people, people know Joel Embiid. People, people knew Joel Embiid just because he used to troll people on Twitter. He's one of the funniest guys in the NBA. I know, he's but like, is, it, is this one of those? Is this the game where it's like he's no longer become like, oh, he's like he's good, but he's like funny on Twitter. Where he's like, oh no, Embiid's no. a real basketball player now. No, I, I think last year, I think last year he took his game to a new level, and and for and for the All Star game, uh, Steph Curry, Steph Curry had fifty points. Uh, he set a right. he set a he set a record in in, in threes <laughs> and whatnot. He just couldn't miss. It was like for like three or four possessions. The guy was just putting on a show. It's the most memorable part of, uh, of the all-star game. But I, I do honestly believe if team Durant wins, uh, I think Joel yeah. Embiid gets MVP. I would have given it to MVP. I, I'm biased though. Here's a question for you. Has Embiid, um, is Embiid entering the, entering the conversation of a Dawkins mm-hmm. Iverson situation? Mm-hmm. Is, yeah, he, is he, and Utley, is he on that, on that inside pe- path to be one of those guys? You asking to do Mount Rushmore? <laughs> you asking to do top five? I mean, it's it is, but I'm I'm one like the the generally beloved, genuinely beloved athlete yeah. in Philadelphia. Is he on that inside track oh, right now? Easily, like he's up there with with Dawkins. He's up there. Um, it's so hard because like there's just like fans of like the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Like everyone wants to claim to be four for four, but it's like you're Eagles and you're probably like Sixers, Sixers. Flyers, Phillies. Um, anyone put the flyer in front of the Phillies now? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like, there's yeah. Eagles fans that if you said like Embiid was on Dawkins level, they would fight you in the parking lot. They would fight you in in lot in lot D. Yeah, but people say that about Iverson all the time, and I think it's like generally like okay to say that Iverson and Dawkins are probably the two most beloved of all time. People, it's generational. Like, remember our top five clip we had last year, last weekend. Yeah. Uh, I got people fighting in the TikTok comments about like, what are these fucking idiots? They don't like uh, uh, Eric Lindros or they don't hate Eric Lindros or they don't hate uh, J.D. Drew. I was like, bro, like I was three the years old. Scott when Scott Rowland Drew. one was a miss. The Scott Rowland one was a miss. The T.O. one was definitely a miss, but I don't, I don't hate, hate T.O. But I don't hate Scott Rowland. Me either. He was here. He was here until like what? Oh, two, oh, one. He played you. I was what, eight. What Philly got trade? What player came back in the Scott Rowland trade? Do you know this answer? 
He was on say, the. I think he was on the 08 championship team. No, I don't think he was actually. He was on the 09 team. Why wouldn't he be on the 08 team? Because he came he back after. <laughs> yeah, he came back after. He left and then he came back again. So he was a two. St- he had two different tours with the Phillies. Jeff Jenkins was on the 08 team. What position? He was an infielder. Um, huge head. Oh, Placido Polanco. Yeah, Placido Polanco came back. Wow, for that. Yeah. I mean, Placido Polanco was a good player. He wasn't Scott Rowland, but he was a good player. I mean, he's no. a serviceable utility infielder. And- I, yeah, I think I'm going to came in. Was he playing second? He was playing second or third base. I can't remember. I remember David Bell was there for a little while too. But um, because Polanco came back and I think was the third baseman of the 09 Phillies. Who was the third baseman of the 08 Phillies? For some reason, I want to say like Neftali Feliz. No, Neftali Feliz was a pitcher, but you're on the right track. It was uh, Pedro Feliz. Pedro Feliz. Okay. He's the forgotten Philly. Um, But I think, I actually think if Embiid delivers a championship to this city, he may surpass Dawkins. I think he has a real ability to do that. I think he has the real ability to be the most beloved Philadelphia of all time. It's yeah, it's just it's it, the thing that sucks is it's generational because like I don't know how like how much we pull with the older generation, but people are yelling at us right now, be like, what about Schmidt? What about Dr. J? Like, people yeah, hated Schmidt, huh? People didn't like Mike Schmidt. Maybe people didn't like him, but I mean, people there were enough people that like like grew sure. up and he was like their hero. Like Mike, I Schmidt. get it's generational, but I think even like so, let's go back to two thousand and early two thousands. My dad was a huge Brian Dawkins fan. He Brian he would say Brian Dawkins was his favorite Eagle. And he was a 40-year-old man when he was saying that. So he had seen a decent amount of football before that. Who's your favorite Eagle of all time? Sorry to put you on the spot there. I don't know. I, don't, I, really, I really don't know. I really don't know who my favorite Eagle is because, I don't know, I don't love guys. Like, I, like Joel Embiid is the closest I've ever come to loving a player. Yeah. I just I don't. Well, you know me. I fall in love easy. Yeah, you do, and it's it's awesome. You're 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 uh, not a scorned lover. You're a uh, um. Well, I'm a scorned lover. Tavares broke my heart. <laughs> so did true. so did Wentz. I don't have one right now. I'm trying. Oh my god! Like I don't know. Like I guess I was kind of close on Wentz, but you know how I feel about that and everything. And, yeah, and that obviously blew up. I, I guess B Dog just because. Like I love Westbrook, but no, I mean mine's Donovan McNabb. Why not? Like it, Donovan, people get upset when I say Donovan McNabb is my favorite oh, eagle of all it time. Was, it was the best. It's like he decade of Eagles football ever. I was I was doing the podcast by myself on my ride home from Camden today, just in the car, <laughs> just talking out loud. Because I didn't feel like listening to the radio. And I listened to a lot of Spotify. So I was like, you can only listen to Dave so much. So I'm just doing the podcast out loud. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know why I was so angry during that Carson Wentz take? It's because for years I've wanted what New England, Indianapolis, yeah. Green Bay, and Pittsburgh had had. And we did have it at one point in McNabb. Unfortunately, never delivered it. But he turned in. Good football week after week. He was a good player for 10 years, and you knew you had a shot to win with McNabb. And I thought we had that in Wentz. And it was driving me insane that we were being like, oh, let's just put Hurts in. Now, you guys were all right in the end. You were. But, like, it it was boiling over. My frustration as a scorned lover had fallen over at that point. But, like, if Hurts is, like, not the guy, then, like, were we right? Maybe not. Like, who who knows? Who who knows what Carson I mean, Wentz, Wentz, Wentz is? Like, who knows he, what he, he is, though? Is he average? Know. Is he Kirk Cousins? Is he... Is he better than Kirk? Like, like I guess that's kind of like the good barometer, not because they're both Jesus-loving white guys, but like... <laughs> when, it's, when it's all said and done, who will be better, Carson Wentz or Kerry Collins? Like, yeah, like, it could be Kerry Collins. Like, who, who do we know? Like, we don't know. Like, like the USFL draft is going off right now. Um, we will be we will be saying, oh, uh, the third pick is in for the USFL draft. The stars select Brian Scott. Um, so, yeah, go Brian Scott. quarterback? 
He's a quarterback from uh, looks like Hawaii. Uh, the Tigers. Uh, Jimmy Chang. I just I know I don't I don't know where he's from. He's wearing a lay, but he's also uh, he's from somewhere. Okay, he's from he's somewhere. From somewhere. So good say job. A Polyn- Polynesian com- state. Yeah. Country. Maybe. Maybe. Um, um. So Brian Scott. Speaking of the Eagles, we've talked about this. Howie Roseman's in the last year of his deal. I think it's very interesting they're letting him kind of go into this last year of his deal as kind of a lame duck. Maybe when he has the most important offseason of his career coming up with the assets that he has, where do you kind of sit on the Howie Roseman thing? Do you think, let's start with this, if Howie Roseman was let go, do you think Howie Roseman would be gobbled up within one year? No, he'll be gobbled up within two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Detroit, Chicago, they would all be dumb not to go get him. I know it's really fun to hate on Howie Roseman, we've done it for the last year and a half and stuff. I've but gone like, full 180. I'm back, dude. I'm so I'm so Howie'd up. He he's he's a good GM. Like, but yes. and if you don't want to say he's a good GM, that's fine. Blah, blah blah. You could probably fight me on that because you know you can look at some of his drafts and whatnot. But like, okay, if he's not a good GM, he's captured Thomas. He's he's yeah. one of the best cap guys in the entire league. I know he kicks the can down the road on a lot of things, but he's also it doesn't matter though. Cause it never comes back to haunt us. It really never does. I mean, not even this, not even this cap hell we went through right here, this season well, that we were supposed to go through. Yeah. Also the cap didn't go up and you took on a $34 million dead cap hit after you had just paid a guy. So like circumstances that you weren't prepared for, right? This year will be interesting because I think they have $21 million in contract in, in cap space right now. So minus 13 of that. So that's what you would have left after you do the rookie reserve. Right. So, and they don't, they only have four guys on the team right now that make over $10 million. So you don't have a lot of people to restructure. And they're paying a lot of these guys, these median, like six, seven, eight million million a year, but they have a lot of those guys. So you would think they have an incredible depth, but if you listen to sports radio, the Eagles have no depth. So it, it's, it's just interesting that he hasn't been extended. Maybe it's they don't care and they'll they'll deal with this later and it's going to get done. I think that's what I think. Or it's that Howie doesn't want to sign yet because he's sick of Jeffrey Lurie middling. I don't know. No, I think I think Jeffrey and him are so close. Um, I think Mark was the one who told me this. Like there was like this whole thing where like Jeffrey got a a divorce and um, yeah, and Howie Cried on Howie how he sided with with Jeffrey and Joe Banner sided with allegedly this is all alleged sided mm-hmm. with the 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 uh, soon to be ex wife and that's kind of why Joe lost his luster in the organization. I could I could just be talking out my ass and typically I do, but that's what I've heard rumors of and it and it just it would make tons of sense. They they love each other. I believe it. I mean, they love each other. They're they're. I I would be very surprised if if Howie doesn't have a deal going into um going into oh, this, the season. I think this is yeah. just I I honestly do believe like it's funny that no one's talked about this until like two days ago is the first time I heard about it. I think people just forgot. Do you think Howie just knows? The do you think Howie's just giving the sports radio station something to talk about? Could be nice. I mean, he's got a he's got a contract with WIP. He probably wants the content and everything. You know, he's probably, hey, he's probably just throwing them a bone. Talk about me. Talk about me. Talk about me. Talk hey, about a, me. I, I would say he's a narcissist. I mean, anyone in that gets up there is, is typically a narcissist. I think I'm a narcissist you know, to a point. I mean, Howie. You know, every time he gets on a mic, he's kind of a he's kind of a douche in, in a way. Like he, you know, he gets no, the, like vanilla and chocolate. He gets the he gets the questions from the uh, from the reporters at the time. He 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 stares at them like they're idiots. Yeah. 
Of course I played football. Um, yeah, no, he's he's kind of he's he's definitely a weasel. Oh, he's See, a anyone weasel. who calls him weasel is fine with in my if, book. But if Howie Roseman is on the Eagles in two years, I will donate five thousand dollars to the charity of his Don't choice. do this again. <laughs> you're gonna say psych? A uh, psych, psych. I would like to say Yeah, psych. okay. I was gonna say you you're already on the hook here, man. Watch yourself. <laughs> um I'm gonna no, but to the charity. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting because this news comes out around the same roundabout time offshore sports betting books you can you can look at and they have odds for where certain players will be playing that taking their next snap from the Russell Wilson of the Eagles rumors haven't really heated up I mean it's been talked about and it's been speculated and Mortensen had a report that he thinks he would waive it to come here um, but if you look at some of the books it started at 400 to one and then it was down to like 185 to one now it's down to like 40 to one and then the last we all saw it was locked. Do you read into that at all? No. And would you want him? No, I don't. I don't want him either. I I like Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson would immediately, they would be fighting for the division. I think they would be fighting for the division. I don't think they would necessarily win the division. Better than Dallas. I just think there's so many holes. Yeah. So so this is what, actually, can I ask you something? Yeah. Can I ask you something? You don't mind? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah, Dak for Russell Wilson straight up. For the Cowboys? Yeah. Yeah, I'd do it. I think I would do it. Why not? Because Dak makes a lot of money, and I don't think he's as good as that contract really is. Although, Russ is going to make a lot of money, too. The other thing is, you ever, like, no, that, that stat was wrong. I was about to give a completely false stat. So I actually want to hear it now. Yeah, I was going to say no quarterbacks ever won a Super Bowl with two different teams, but Tom Brady literally just did it. Um, I think it's the head coach that's never done it. It's the head coach that's never done it. <laughs> so I was going to spew that and be just like Ohio State quarterbacks can't play. I was just going to throw out there that quarterbacks haven't won with multiple teams. Um, so that was wrong. I take that back. Um, yeah, I just don't think – I don't see – is Dak a confetti quarterback? Do you see that? Do you ever hear that, that terminology, the confetti quarterback? I like Dak. I have no, I have no problem with Dude, Dak. You? I actually liked. I liked this Dallas Cowboys team this year. I, Dude. yeah. Besides everyone, besides like Zeke, I, I they were funny. They they made me laugh. I liked them. <laughs> they, they had a great offense and whatnot. I just I had no ill will towards them. Like I just have no ill will towards Dallas. Like I do like the Giants or like the. Thank uh, you. You know what? To me, the Giants have always been the chief rival. Yeah, uh, we just never been. We we we've rarely been good in the last twenty years. At the same time, the Dallas has been good, but the and Giants I wouldn't even say been. I wouldn't even say we were good this year. I would say we had a a good year, but uh, the the Dallas Cowboys were the cream of the crop in that division. Yeah, it's cream of the crop being shit. Um, the Giants and the Eagles always play good games too. Yeah, throw the record books out. Oh, you got it's but a rivalry game. Throw them don't right even out. let them in. Yeah, don't even <laughs> let them in. Fake ID. Don't even let them yeah. in. Why don't Why don't we just call it the I ninety five bowl or the turnpike? Yeah, bowl? the turnpike bowl. Um. Uh, sure. Why not? We'll uh, get that going. We'll sell Amtrak, T-shirts. The Amtrak Arena or the Amtrak Bowl or whatever. You are uh, Northeast Corridor Bowl. You um. Mm-hmm. You know this T-shirt game, so we'll let you. We'll let you handle that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Where were we yeah. on Russell Wilson? Um, I just think we have so much to just fill and to get younger. Dad, it's just like. I that you, I already told you my plan, and anyone that listened last week was mm-hmm. two first rounders. You draft, you trade one to get a first rounder for next year's insurance for for Jalen, and 
I like I, that plan. I, we're Maybe not, sign a, keep Minshew around because he. I think he's serviceable as well. I, yeah, I liked your plan. But we, we also like. I, I I'm not gung ho about the season. Now I'm sitting here and what is it? Where are we in February? March yet? No, we're February two two two. Happy Tuesday. Um, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> it. Took me a minute. I was like, oh wait, it is Tuesday. Um, I will be excited in August when the schedule comes out. But at yeah. this moment, I am not. I mean that I Tampa that Tampa Bay game. I wish it never happened. It, it left such a bad taste in my mouth. I was such a Jalen guy. I know. Well, yeah. I mean, you were out there doing the Warriors come out to play. Tap tap tap. I saw that. It's ah. embarrassing for you. Um, I guess maybe not. But um, <laughs> I'll be excited if I like get news that they're not trading the picks. I'll be very excited. I know we're not going to get that news though until like draft night. But man, there's so much smoke. When there's so much smoke, there's got to be fire. Howie loves him a QB. What if Howie went in with no deal and was like, I'm just attaching. I'm I'm, I'm going down with the sinking ship and I'm attaching no. myself to, to Russell Wilson. Because if there, Garrett, there's no deal. And <laughs> the like, ultimate say, miss. Yeah, say, but you know. Say like you know Jeff McLean. Jeffrey Lurie, like, Jeffrey Lurie has to have final say on trading three first round picks. I understand. I understand. But say Jeff McLean, it comes out next week that Jeff McLean's like, hey, sources are saying that, hey, we're not as high on on Howie. Al Calabi's going to be the next guy or something. I hope not, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and then it's just like, we're going to see how Howie does this year. We're going to see how Howie does this year. like four and 12. Calabi <laughs> with his fucking calculator getting bullied by Doug Peterson in front of the whole entire office. I would kill um, to get the security footage on that. Do um, you think Doug Peterson has one winning season in Jacksonville? Oh, man. Did you hear Press Taylor's comment about Travis Etienne? Yeah. yeah. What is make he? sure he has the ball. Yeah, he's going to play him. Which Thank good. God. Thank yeah. God. God, I can't believe we let him. What do you want to do? Here. What are you going to do with Travis? What are you going to do with Trevor Lawrence? Well, we're going to get him some snaps. Okay. Give him some snaps. Um, it's weird, though, because, like, it's funny that me and you have talked about this multiple times that as soon as football ends, doesn't it feel like you're grasping at straws for to talk about things? Yeah. It's tough. And that's why we're just going to transition over to just we're going to get away from sports. Let's resign Howie. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you'd be you'd be stupid not to. But uh, listen, if, if the Jeff McClain piece comes out Tuesday, they kind of like Al Calabi or they like some guy. Remember, hey, 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 Howie said, what, five GMs are below him in this mm-hmm. organization? And I think one or two have left since he made that comment. So there's still three people waiting for his job. I think there's a lady waiting in the wings, too. There is. And she might have got she might have got snapped up. Okay. She didn't get snapped up. No, because we would have heard about it because we get a third round pick if she gets snapped up. Ooh, how? Yeah. The the uh I guess the the Rooney GM rule. Let's just call it that. It's not the okay. right but like if you if you hire a person of of uh an ethnic individual or a minority um or like yeah, women's minority, right? That I think so. Let's I don't know if it. women's a minority, but I think but, they would be a not yeah. represented faction. Underrepresented minority, I think. Like if you hire sure. that on another team um to a position I want to say I think it has to be GM, but it could be executive level. You get a third round pick. Someone already did. Who uh, the the whoever the Cleveland Browns just uh, just got the GM there. He was black, right? He was black. Yeah, okay. He was black. I want you told me this story, and I can't get it out of my head. So you were telling me when you go to get your hair cut, <laughs> you just don't talk to your barber. I don't talk to my barber at all. People think it's so weird. I, I like I'll, I'll exchange pleasantries. I'll I'll be like, hey, how are you? What do you like? Blah blah. blah. I like uh, like a two on the sides, a little trim. 
And uh, I like to I like to turn it to the right. I like to push it to the right. As long as you yeah. got that, I'm the happiest guy in the world. But do you go to the same guy? No. See, I'm I okay. I have yet to find my guy. I balance between price and I balance between like I like old school places. Like I was at a place down on Gerard Ave in Fishtown, obviously very hipster. Mm-hmm. Uh, old school. Like every time the door opened, the uh, the shingles on top of the roof would blow up. It was it was bad. It didn't look good. I don't know if there's any yeah. asbestos above me falling on me, but it was like, hey, listen, this is pretty cool. This is really cool. They uh, it was like eleven thirty in the morning. They offered a beer. I very responsibly. Oh. I said no. I said no. Oh. I, I I was going. I had to do some things. You know, I would have. I would have taken the beer. I'm, I, I'm I a should've. weak man. I should have, but those are the kind of places I like. I, I I was a great clips for a little bit, and then they fucked me up a couple times. Yeah, I go to great clips, and uh, and I couldn't do it. But my 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 girlfriend and my friends, I, I've actually asked them about this. I I don't talk to the barber during it, and I and I enjoy it. I it's I think it's a service. I think I I treat it like a massage. I don't want to be talked to during a massage. Right. I don't want to be talked to by. I'm trying to think of any other services that people can do. Well, I was going to ask you this. I had a couple in mind here. What about an Uber driver? No, don't talk to me. Okay. Physical therapist. Say you had torn up your knee. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I like that because I think we're we we are. You're you're working on you. We have a common goal, and yeah. it's to get me back. Okay, those were the only two examples I had. Okay, but Uber, taxi Uber driver? driver, Uber driver, I can, I can if it, it, it's it's time of day. If I'm coming home two in the morning, mm-hmm. sure, I'm already I'm already drunk. If I'm going somewhere at like eleven, two o'clock, nah. So I'm not a. Where I live, you don't take a lot of Ubers. Mm-hmm. You've been out here. Mm-hmm. When I'm in Ubers, I'm usually in a big group. So usually the big guy gets stuck in the front seat. So mm. well, I'm a front seat rider a lot. And you have to talk to him. Yes, you do. You're exactly right. We were in Disney World. The guy was taking us to play golf. And I asked him a question. and He just like gave me some answer. I realized very quickly this guy didn't speak a lick of English. See, that's great. So yeah. you don't have to feel like I have my barber, the one that I usually go to. I go to this place called Groom Philly. It's really good. It's 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 right good on 13th you. and Locust. Her name's Thai. She's from Thailand. I don't know if that's her real name or she just came from Thailand. Like I'm telling you, Gare, straight off the boat, Thailand. But she, speak English? she she speaks very little English and she always apologizes. I'm like, no, you're the best barber I've ever had. You <laughs> yeah, cut my okay. hair right and you don't talk. I love you, Ty. And she just <laughs> and, and she's my girl. But I went on a weekend and they're closed on the on the weekends. But Ty, I mean me and Ty, we are like this because yeah, like that, she, yeah. there's a language barrier and I don't feel like I have to talk to her and I tell her she doesn't have to talk to me. You communicate via the eyes. It's yeah. easy. You guys it's, just make eyes at each other. Communicate the eyes. Um yeah. I How uh, is it? So- <laughs> I go to great clips, so I get a new person every time. Now, there was a point. I've been going to the same great clips for maybe 20 years. been getting the same haircut for probably 20 years as well. Um, there was a point where I would ask for Juanita. That was actually her name. Mm. And then just Juanita just went away one day, and now I just get whoever's there. That's the worst. Some, yeah. The, see, the key is, like, sometimes you'll know, and it's always a girl. You'll You'll know if they're just, like, there to cut your hair and get your tip. How you doing? Yeah. What do you do for work? Why aren't you working right now? It's 12. I'm like, oh, I'm on lunch. Just cut my fucking yeah. hair. We get the hell out of here. Um, and then, you know, if they really pry, what I usually say is like, oh, yeah, I have a kid. And talk about your kid. Anyone wants to talk about a kid. That makes it really easy. But I'm with you, man. I don't want to talk to anybody. It's funny. We were having this. Kyle and I do what we call 
you know, show prep. We call it show prep, I would say. Yeah, yeah. We were having a show prep conversation today, and I told him, I was like, it's funny because if you were to talk to my wife, it was like, oh, Gary doesn't talk to anyone. He's actually kind of awkward, like, if you meet him in public, and that's that's true. But I come on here. The first time we met, you did not talk that much, and I and it was shocking to me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm a fairly reserved person, I would say. I, it's interesting. I, I come on here and I speak pretty candidly. Yeah. And it's a trust tree situation because I feel like, listen, you're investing the time to listen to listen to what I have to say. I should give you the real me. You know what I mean? I agree 100%. I'm glad I'm getting but the like real if, you. I'm telling you, let's say we ever got to the point where people would notice me if I went to a bar. You came up and said hi to me. I'd be like, hey, how are you? Thanks for listening. Bye. I'd be like, please leave me alone because it's all I really want. In the you world. want to get out of the conversation as fast as possible. I only go shopping for shoes where the shoes are already laid out for you because I don't want to ask for them to go get my size. <laughs> like I don't want to deal with salespeople. I don't want to deal with anything with that. Like I just don't, don't want to deal with it. I just want to go show up, get my product, and get the hell out. So I had a barber who was an overshare. Then see, I don't want to be there. See, that was bad. By, by the I, I went on um, uh, New Year's Eve. And by the end of it, I knew she was eating. She was getting off at eight. She was ordering Indian food and she was mm-hmm. watching the ball drop. And I could give a fuck about any of it. So she was a basic city girl. Indian food, get off at eight, watch ball drop. Yeah. Indian food's a big city person, I feel. Yeah. See, like, I just, here's the other problem. This is going to sound mean. I don't care. I really just no. don't care. No. I don't. I don't care if you have problems. I don't care if your husband's cheating on you. I don't care. Yeah. No. No, I I don't. Yeah, I love sorry. eavesdropping. I love eavesdropping. A great eavesdrop. I'm a very yeah. I, see. That's what I enjoy. I was when I was in the barber's chair this weekend. I was mm-hmm. listening to the other conversations. One of the guys made me laugh, and I snickered to myself. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I, dude. I was at the Apple Store today, and there was the couple who was getting fixed at the Genius Bar next to me. There was accusations of cheating. I was enthralled. <laughs> that's but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like stuff. I think he's cheating on you because he obviously was cheating on you. So if you're if you were at the Apple wait, there Store were legitimate today, app. Wait, between the two couple that were there, the couple, the 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 man and the woman were arguing. Like, they weren't arguing, but like he wouldn't give her her phone, and the response was because you were with that bitch again. And he goes, "I'm not answering that question." And but this is just in the middle of the Apple Store. But it wasn't loud. It was kind of like reserved for. And listen, they were they were younger, and they were having this conversation. It seems like it had been a subject, but like. I also blame the guy who's cheating for going to the Apple reservation with her because, you know, the phone now has become the main subject. That's bad work out of him. you got to be avoiding anything that has to do with phone. Oh, your phone broke. I have a trip to Montana plan. I got to go. <laughs> so you're already making reservations that that guy cheated. Oh, oh, I know he cheated. You could see the guilt. I could tell okay. he wasn't guilty either. He didn't feel guilty. But you knew he was guilty. I could tell. I'd if love you- to see you on a jury. If you were, oh, I'd convict so many people. I, I, everyone's guilty to me. You're guilty till proven innocent in my world. That's not fair. I shouldn't say that out loud, but you proved me wrong. <laughs> if you were at the Apple store today and you were at, in uh, at Promenade in, in Marlton, New Jersey, and you were arguing about if today's, two, today's Tuesday, we, yep. we had that Happy, joke earlier. Happy if Tuesday. You were arguing, <laughs> you were arguing about... If your girlfriend was cheating on you, or if you were cheating on your girlfriend, or your boyfriend was cheating on you, he was. Just letting you know that right now. And I'm glad your camera got fixed. Because <laughs> that's what they were there for. Do you think they'll have Apple stores in the in the new uh, Disney adult communities? Uh, 
Apple and Apple and Disney are they kind of tie up like that. First of all, let me, before we trans, because I know you have a lot of questions about this Disney community, and I know I'm going to be put on trial here. Um, the Apple Store sucks. I'm going to go ahead and say that I hate going there. What do you like about it? I just don't like it. I feel very exposed there. The genius intimidates me. Wow, I, they, they I, do. They, uh, I think they are a very well-run machine. I have, I could count on one hand as many times I've been to an Apple Store. So if you've been to more, I'm sure. Not all the experiences are, are, are that great. You also got to remember, we just set up my whole life. I don't want to talk to anybody. And this guy is trying to fix my phone. I just want to hand it to him. Be like, please fix that. Yeah. Leave. I hear um, you. But yeah, the Disney community and Apple, I would say, I would say every room would probably come standard with an Apple TV in there. So you are the resident Disney guy. You, yeah. in the last year, how many times have you gone to Disney? Just once. Okay. The and you'll pandemic be going to Disney. But I'm okay, going so- in March. How many times have you been to Disney as a whole, would you say? I don't know the correct answer to that, but since I've dated my wife and my wife and I have been dating for 12 years, I'd say we've gone at least 14 times. Okay. Okay. So maybe maybe a little bit more than once a year. So I, in uh, retrospect, one, I have one gone- One and a half times a year. I've gone to one Disneyland and I've gone to one Disney World. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't know this, Disney is is talking about- uh, developing a planned community for fans who never want to leave its clutches. It's called Catino. It's going to be out in uh, Rancho, not Cucamunda, uh, Rancho Mirage, where Coachella is, which is like, that's perfect. I mean, there's nothing out there besides Coachella. Like, right. let's just build a a, uh, a place out there. Now, this is basically like you're living in Disney World for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And you as the resident Disney guy, I posed this to you, I think, offline. And I was like, <laughs> this is this is you. No. And you said no. But I then I came back to you and I said, what if I gave you the chance of going to a nursing home or going to Katina? Yeah. Well, yeah, Katina. But you but you had phrased it originally. But like I said, I said, there's a zero percent chance I'd go there. And you said, I say the same thing about going to a nursing home. Okay. And you made a great point there. Sometimes you don't control this. First of all. If I'm ever in the financial position to afford it, then we're the conversation is open. Right now, it's Disney, and it's not cheap, right? Um, but I had done it. I've done a ten day trip to Disney World before. I'm think by day six, I was like, I get the fuck out of here. Okay. It, you so can, you're a Disney can, guy, but are you a Disney guy with other Disney guys and Disney girls and Disney non binaries? I don't know how to answer that question because I I consume I consumed a lot of Disney content for a while when I wasn't going to the parks due to the pandemic or if I was ramping up to go on a trip because I explained to you going to Disney World is like preparing for like a football game like you have to have a plan in order you have to be able to execute that plan when you get there variables can change you got to adjust on the fly can you win disney there's there's a whole thing really? let's win disney yeah there's a whole thing can you can you get done what you want to do without spending all this money now they've made it impossible but <laughs> but it, it, there there was a build up to it and then there was an execution to it and there'd be times like my wife and I were like flying home on the plane and if I could smoke a cigarette I would because I'd be like, I just fucked that park because I how, I would you win disney you, just, you have to have an idea in your head of what you want to do. And you, Kyle, at a point, you could you could book your dining 180 days out. And you can book your fast passes 
two months in advance, 60 days. So 60 days before you arrive at Magic Kingdom, you know what you're doing down to the minute of the day. And if you if you did that plan, you did everything you wanted to do in a place that had 100,000 people in it. You felt like you just fucked the world. You felt like you won. They've removed that because they removed the planning aspect of Disney. And they say it's more planable and accessible than ever. But now oh. it's just more expensive. They've removed that. You have to pay they removed that. So what is so what is it now? What is it like winning? Like you, you're, it's not your Super Bowl anymore. Dude, let me tell you. It's not because I can book my dining. I can book my dining only 60 days in advance. But the problem is I don't know when my fast passes are. Now called Lightning Lane, I just have to take what they give me. And if I if it, if it doesn't work with my reservation, I'm fucked. We're like, I'm sorry. Yeah, you just, dude, it's so hard to explain, but they got rid of the Fast Pass Plus system where you could, like, pick your times as when you went on the ride. You could get more after your three expired. Now you have to do Lightning Lane or Genie Plus. That's $15 a day per person. It doesn't even give you Disney becoming socialist? Oh my is God, every, Kyle! Is no, everybody getting a chance to get a, a fast pass now? Like, but is you, it just but like, you always had the chance. Fast pass was never a paid system. But it was also like, hey, if I'm making a certain level of income, I might not get the fast pass for four days. I'll get it for three days or something like that. No, like, you never had to pay for it. You, it was always free. It was always available to everybody. Now for it's paid you. for. No, for everybody. If if this was if this was no, but a fast pass can't be free. It was free. No, that was the. It, it can't be free because it's it's a you you get in front of everybody. Yeah, but it was. That was the glory of it. Everyone could have three a day. It was where you savvy enough. Did it come with your reservation? Yep. It so came, it was built. Kyle, okay, so it was be, built in. You could be visiting for the day and get three. You could buy a day pass and really? get it and get three. But you would be exactly. at a disadvantage because you didn't plan your day sixty days in advance. If you're staying on property with a ticket, you had sixty days to beat everybody to these fast passes. Now you don't have that. It's dude. Here's here's the thing. Uh, let's take a journey together here, right? Yeah. I hadn't been in a while. I haven't been since they opened Toy Story or Star Wars. I saw that for the first time just about a month ago. I wanted to ride the Slinky Dog roller coaster. I knew I wanted to ride the Slinky Dog roller coaster. You understand right? what that sounds like coming out of a thirty year old's mouth, right? Yes, I okay. wanted to ride this roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds a little bit weird. Hey, but but Gary's not going life. to Catino, okay? Der- no, no. He's not going to Catino. <laughs> wanted to ride this roller coaster, so I wake up at seven a.m. I spend fifteen dollars. For myself and my wife to have Genie Plus for the day and our in-laws. So that's 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 $60 plus tax. 7 a.m. when it goes live, I click the button to get myself a lightning lane. Sold out. Wow. In a in a minute. And my frustration frustration at all time high. Yeah. So I <laughs> I had my own moment. I went to Disney's guest relation and said, I want my six fifteen dollars back. And they're like, well, sir, you can still book. I'm like, no. I was up when I when you told me to be. I clicked the button, and it said sold out. I was like, there, you can't tell me however many fast passes allotted for the day of these people on property or across the world who have access to this and have a reservation for today. Click that button faster than I did because it. I, I clicked it within a second of it turning to 7 o'clock. What are these fucking and Taylor she, Swift tickets or something like that? Jesus she, Christ. It's the way you feel about it. And she's like, sir, I can't refund your money. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to seriously reevaluate if I'm going to be coming back here again. She just smiled and nodded and didn't care. You want to know why? Because the next day I paid another $15 and I got my ass on Slinky Dog Dash. That's how, That's why. And there's it's more Garys. And there's going to be more Garys. And there's going to be more Garys after that. It, it's a drug. It's a, you, it, oh, man, Kyle. 
I have Stockholm syndrome with Disney World. That's the problem. Like they have they've created a place where it's too much fun to go to. And it's not even about the rides anymore. It's more about the principal. And I, I think I told we touched on this last week. I'm going in March. We inherited this trip because my in-laws didn't want to go on it. So we're like, oh, you know what? We'll go. I'm still on paternity. I don't have to worry about PTO. I'll go. They're going to watch the baby for us. I'm like, perfect. This is great. This is probably the last trip Kate and I are going to just do what we want because after this, it's everything for the kid. True. So I, I might cut. I might dye my hair blonde, grow it out, <laughs> and put on sunglasses and wear Ed Hardy the whole time and just complain my ass off. <laughs> Because I'm at that point where my shame is at zero. <laughs> I mean, the Slinky Dog Dash comment that I wanted to go on the Slinky Dog coaster is going to haunt me for days. <laughs> and you know what? I rode the roller coaster. It was delightful. I mean, there, but there are people like, like back to the conversation about like how, like there are going to be 1900 homes. And I think they did this back in the day. <laughs> but and yeah, some they of the tried homes- to do it. Some of the homes went for like 1.6 million, and then they had like really bad like mold and fungus and and water damage. Uh-huh. But but for yeah. some reason they weren't. Disney wasn't in charge of maintenance. It was it's just it's weird. It's like in down in like do Celebration you, Florida or something like that. So but do, like, do you know uh, what Epcot stands for? Well, I knew that was supposed to be. No, I don't. But I knew that was supposed to have like grandiose plans that yes. never came out. It, it was like a Walt Disney, um, Aryan race. He is an perfect, this is a perfect society type thing going on, yeah. right? He's an anti-Semite, um, famously. So it was like the perfect colony. It was the experimental prototype community of tomorrow is what it stands for. Uh-huh. And he, he has like the model. If you go on some of the rides, you can still see some of the model. And it was like – it's essentially built like a, a, a park where there was a hub of the city and it would spoke out and you could go to the suburbs and all that. And it was supposed to be a reimagining of the modern city. It never happened. And it became basically a bunch of places where people go around fake countries and get their, their drunk, get very drunk. And it's, I, I love that's that for that. But that's more America than this, this it, utopian society. You know, Kyle, it really is. And when we talked today on our show prep call, I said, if we ever have the allotted money to like someone for pay for us, I just think it would be a hell of a time for me and you to go to Epcot. We have a great time. It's also funny. I tell my wife about this all the time. When I was like seven, eight, even up to like 18, I hated World Showcase. Now it's my favorite thing. I just walk around, get some snacks, a couple of drinks, shop the shops, look at the fake culture. It's great. 1,900 units. One... <laughs> 1,900 houses. Yeah. Do, do they sell them all? Yes. For well above asking. So th- this is what I kind of like. But so, you own so, this, right? You own it. and, and But the people who work there – they never come out of character. So, yes. like Russia so invades. Gonna, Russia they're creating invades the metaverse. Ukraine. They're basically creating like like the like the it's the metaverse, but like the like a, we're still living in kind of real life. Like it's not in the metaverse. I'm sure there'll be a metaverse community, blah, blah blah. But like Russia invades Ukraine. Do you get the USA Today, or is everything just awesome in in Catino? <laughs> yeah, like are you, can you watch the Super Bowl? Like what? Like like there was a thing in the yeah right. I'm sure you can, but like there was a thing. It was like, hey, maybe instead of uh, this was from the uh, Verge, maybe instead of being drawn into skits with hosts dressed up as Goofy or Elsa, Disney's story living residents will be able to take part in more grounded adventures as staff who never break character help them navigate midlife crises and suburban an annui, whatever the fuck that word is. Like I, if if, if I get cancer if I, or if my wife divorces me, I don't want Goofy to knock on my fucking door and try to console me. I don't want, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, at one point the, the, the pancakes have to kind of just get to be, or the waffles just have to be 
just just I, I done. Like, am I going um, to the grocery store sorry, and I've got mini? I've got mini and 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 uh, Pluto bagging groceries and stuff. Like, what is what is going on here? Is Gaston going to like? Is my wife going to cheat on me with Gaston? Like, Prince Charming? That's the other thing. Like, how interactive are these people? Because what if like, what if I make eyes with Princess Ariel? Sure. And I I think she wants it, and I make a move, and I get rejected hard, and the lady comes out of character. She goes, "I'm just acting." So it's is like, there a have, jail? I don't. Yeah, there has to be. There has to be. Like, like, who are the guards? Like, uh, yeah, is this the, is. Are, are the seven dwarves guards? Like, like that doesn't seem. This is uh the way you've explained this to me because I saw it and you were like, "That's you," and I'm like, "No, it's not," and I just avoided all um, interaction with it. I can't go to this place. No, I can't go there. But it would be awesome if you did. It would be pretty cool. If I could have one year. <sighs> I mean, you said by day Am six, I still spending nine dollars on yeah. a coke. That's another thing. Like, it was, I mean, inflation hit us hard. You know, does inflation hit Coachella like uh, like insanely <laughs> hard? Like everything already in yeah. California is overpriced. Let me tell you. Yeah, I I I don't think I could be more out on the Disney living experience. I think the time. To go to the theme park is 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 more than enough for me. I don't need any more. You know what? If the barbers don't talk to me while I'm getting my haircut, I will go to Cantina. It's fair. I think it would be more interesting to actually see you in Cantina because I think you would be like, "What the hell am I doing?" <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, this is my my New Year's resolution is like, don't oh. hate on things that people like. Like, I, I think as a person, you grow out of that a little bit. And I think I'm 29, going to be 30 next year. Like, I uh, you like Disney. And I used to hate on it. I'm like, how can a grown man like Disney? But it's like, it's your thing. Just like sports are some people's thing. Just like uh, pottery is, are, are, are some people's thing. Just like talking to a mic are some people's things. Like, I just try not to hate on people's things. And I understand that like Disney has built this billion dollar conglomerate. I'm still hating on it because I, I just think at one point. It's weird. You, you, leave, you, you, you wake up one day and you have to look yourself in the mirror. If you have like a cancer diagnosis, if your wife left you and be like, I'm in this Disney story okay. living. I thought you were going to wake up one day and be like, I'm obsessed with the brand. And I'm like, I think I just had that moment when I said I wanted to ride the Slinky Dog roller coaster. Yeah. I mean that, but that's funny though. That's like, that's, that's you. I had said to Max, we've, we've had Max on the program before. I was, it was me and him standing there. I'm like, if I don't ride this roller coaster, I'm going to throw a tantrum. Those <laughs> words came out of my mouth in Disney world. Were you like, were you like eyeing up kids? Like making sure like nobody cut line or like, like no. we were like, efficiently no, no, no. running like if they let some people like, like for the fast passes do the fast pass people go first and Sometimes then they, they, let, then you, they let so the the fast pass like eventually winds up at a podium there's a cast member there and they're like okay they let a few fast pass people go and then they let a few like regular people go but sometimes you're, you're sitting there like a regular person they're just letting all the fast pass people go and you're like what am i doing why not pay for why'd this? Why did I spend for the for the fifteen dollar line? That's crazy that you get three fast pass now. Is that new? Because I never I when I went no, no, to Disneyland, no, 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 I remember you, you buying them. You never bought them. I bought uh, them from a kiosk. Listen, I, mean, I didn't maybe, buy them. Maybe a max. Maybe in Disneyland you got max passes. I don't know. That's true. That's the poor people's Disney World. Um, but yeah, dude, I don't. I don't know. Um, All right. I don't think I could do Katina. I really don't. They have like some immersive Star Wars hotel. I don't think I could do that. Some guy would be like, I'd be walking back to my hotel after watching, walking 20,000 steps and eating five churros. Like, oh my God, Chewie's missing. I need you to help me. I'd be like, shut the fuck up, buddy. I want to go to bed. 
<laughs> it's, like the carnival, it's like the impractical jokers like carnival cruises or like the uh uh the kid rock like carnival or the gronk cruise for back in the day it's like at one point like how many beers can i just drink and then smash all over my head yeah at a certain point i just want to go home and we talked about this a little bit earlier you planned a bachelor party i'm going to a bachelor party this week how many days did you plan your bachelor party for four now three four. three and we leave sunday okay that third day is the hell is is hell really yeah so you you did the correct amount of time let me tell you something you you did a perfect job you Thank want you. one day to be a struggle because what's going to happen is you're all going to get there the first night you're all going to the boys are going to be chomping to get out mm-hmm. you're going to get out every single one of you is going to go over what you originally said oh you know what i'll have a few shots i'll have a couple of drinks i'll get a nice i'll get a nice drunk going and i'll just pass out go to bed good breakfast we'll get going nope nope you're all going to black out first night. That's just what happens. And then the second day, you can usually rally the third day. You're 30, Kyle. You know how it is now. You're, your ass is dragging. I have two days in Atlantic City. I'm already. I'm drinking Pedialyte already getting ready for it. <laughs> drinking Pedialyte and taking Metamucil just to make sure I can handle two days in Atlantic City to drink 100 beers. Are you golfing? Because thank no, God. No, we're not. We're, so this isn't a golfing uh, bachelor party. So like the, the golfing... I'm really anti golfing 8 a.m. Like, I guess we're this would be Friday or Saturday. Like, I just think that is the dumbest thing in the world to schedule a tea time early after everyone gets obliterated. Yes, that's dumb. That people people make that mistake going to Myrtle Beach all the time. They get down there, they play around at golf, they go out that night. The next day, they have 36 holes and they're obliterated the night before, and they can't make it, or they're throwing up all over the course and holding up the pace of play and ruining my game. I was trying to break 90. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, the, the coolest thing and, and a bachelor party really should be all about the bachelor. So if the bachelor is a golfer and wants to play golf, yes, you just go play. Um, the, the also the best part about being the bachelor, my bachelor party, I didn't pay a penny for a drink. That's it's pretty unreal. He and won't like, either, yeah. Which that's the best part. Just like this weekend, Danny won't play a dime. But you know what else sucks? We're going to Atlantic Atlantic City listen, Atlantic City is old faithful it really is it's always there you can do whatever you want it's a cop out it's not a real one you're saying it's a real one sure but it's like it's it's, it's fucking atlantic city man i don't know yeah i don't really consider a bachelor party a place that i can go to on a random saturday but like it's a new thing though because like everyone goes away for their bachelor party now or since the hangover come out everyone goes out for their bachelor party i'm gonna go ahead and say that was the cause of this with no facts i'm just gonna go ahead and say it nashville um, became nash vegas Nash Vegas, yeah. I've been to Vegas for a bachelor party. That was a good time. I've been to Boston for mine. I've been to Atlantic City for one, a couple other ones. Um, Atlantic City is a solid one because if you just want to go gamble and drink, and that's what the bachelor wants to do, it's affordable and it's perfect. If you want to gamble, drink, and club, maybe maybe Las Vegas is more your thing. My best man sat me down. like, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to drink beer at old bars and watch baseball. Went to Boston. Made sense. It really comes down to like what you want to do, and you know, my it's my cousin's wedding, and he's he likes to gamble, he likes to play, likes to play cards, and he likes to drink beer, so it makes a ton of sense. He's also a dick to play cards with. He's the worst. He's like a, a a blackjack purist. Oh, so someone sits down during his like the shoot, he'll get he'll say something, or will no, he just like he, he gets all sit up there to, and stew? Dude, we'll play it. We'll play at his house with no money, just with chips, just to mess around, and drink beer, and have cigars during it. He gets mad when I'm splitting queens. He's like, "Oh, you took my break card." I'm like, "We're not betting real money." 
this is fake money here. And I would do it at the casino too, just to piss the guy off next to me. Be like, oh, you got 20, I'll split those. So I went to the Borgata about a couple weeks ago to see a show, or a couple months ago to see a show. Do you know at, at tables, for blackjack tables, you can't bet more than the minimum uh, if you don't have the Borgata card? No, I didn't know that. Woman yelled at me, like yelled at me, and and I, I didn't really pick up what she was saying. So I put 50 down one time. She's like, you can't do that. I already won the hand, so she gave it to me. But mm-hmm. like, it kind of got lost in translation. Everything was moving around, you know, bright lights and everything. I was, you know, I got ADD. I was, you know. Uh, my mind was elsewhere. So I put 50 down again, or maybe I did the lucky ladies kind of thing. And I won that one too. And she just undressed me. And I was like, I get you now. I get what you're saying. Never <laughs> did it again, but it was wild. Like, why would I sign up for the card? I just want to sit there and gamble. So I just want to let you know, if you didn't know that. I didn't know that. Um, just be the Borgata. I am very intimidated by casinos. I feel like I could get shot at any point. I'm just like, so the good news with going to a party, I think we're going to have enough people to get a whole craps table going for ourselves. I've never played craps in my life. Me neither. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put money places and hopefully win. People say it's the best game because you play again. You you're you're teaming up with everybody. Like you, blackjack, you're playing against the dealer. Obviously, you're happy when people win. But it's like the, I think it's like in terms of like odds, it's like technically the best. Craps game. has the best best odds. Best odds, yeah. Yeah. So that'd be awesome. I mean, my mother, I don't think she's played craps a day in her life. Won a bunch of money on a on, on a boat uh, for this random guy, and uh, one 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 time. On a boat, on a on a cruise. On a oh, cruise. okay. <laughs> so she's on a boat. Yeah, my mother got she's uh, just going down the Delaware on a boat, <laughs> <laughs> like always sunny, like Frank taking all the <laughs> taking all the tours. This goes to the implications. Oh man! So, oh well, God. this is the sports podcast everyone signed up for. Yeah, we got a little off topic. This might not have been our best show, but you know to, what? This wasn't much to talk about. What do you want Hopefully me to talk about? Willie Cauley fucking Stein. He's on a 10-day contract. Everyone relax. We'll talk to you next week if he's still uh, if he's still here. Maybe he'll be sticking around. We'll get three days left to, uh, to come when the next episode comes out. Um, <laughs> oh, we, we didn't tease Bob Wankel. We never tease our guests. No, we don't. Bob Wankel is going to talk to Kyle. I don't think I'm going to be on the interview because I have child care to deal with. Uh, he's doing that in the burn. So... Uh, Listen to Kyle and Bob talking about the the lockout. Yeah, it'll be a quick fifteen minute, twenty minute. Can you interview. ask him just one question for me? Yeah. Um, does MLB hate me? Why so? Because well, you have I a good mean, team. It's not even that we have a good team. I just want to see Degrom and Scherzer pitch on the same team. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. And if it well, doesn't it happen, cool? I'm gonna be upset. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I uh, I will. Yeah, just ask them if they hate me. Okay. And don't pretext it. Just be like, "Does the Major League Baseball hate Gary?" And just let him. Yeah. Figure yeah, out. It's, it's gonna be what great. I'm yeah, Bob. Is gonna be He'll probably be like, mm, "Who's Gary? <laughs> is that kid you used to do the podcast with?" He remembers you. He remembers you. <laughs> All right, send us home. <laughs> I don't have anything to say. So don't move to a Disney community if you're not a millionaire. Also, um, buy Lightning Lane and ride this thingy dog dash because it's it's a, it's genuinely a great time. Listen, like a couple people might like if 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 you if you got something out of that podcast between Bachelor Talk and between taking your kid to Disney, or yeah, like I I think I guarantee this right now. If you clip me complaining about the Fast Pass, um, Lightning Lane situation and just put it out, and somehow get it onto what they call Diz Twitter, D I S Twitter oh, hashtag, that, hashtag it. All right, we could go viral. Okay, and then they're gonna they're gonna explore our page and be like these two idiots are morons. You're gonna they're gonna you're gonna they're gonna hear you say one time say I like Disneyland better, and you might get canceled. <laughs> Someone might show up at your house. They might look you up and be like this guy's an idiot. 
Oh man, I love the. But they people. might elect. They might elect me president because I just tell it the way it is. <laughs> All right, Kyle wants me to say bye, to everybody. Because <laughs> we're way off track. So everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Water Boys podcast. The the. Uh, the outpouring of enjoyment of us being back by all eight of you last week was fantastic. And we did enjoy all the listens. We got a decent amount of listens. So we do, we do thank you for that. Next, next, next week, another episode coming Wednesday for Kyle. I'm Gary. Thank you for listening to the water boys podcast presented by crossing broad. All right. We are joined here by Bob Wankel, baseball writer, gambling writer for Crossing Broad, maybe baseball writer. I don't know. It depends on if the season's uh, right around the corner or not. We want to just do a quick crash course on the lockout because I feel like people are kind of like, hey, why the hell can't MLB owners and why the hell can't the, the union, the players union come together? The way I look at it is I've heard the the tone improved Monday. Uh, we're recording this at 8 30 a.m. on a Wednesday. Sounds like they kind of went backwards yesterday. It just seems like it's uh, you know, kind of a the early stages of divorce. You know, they're, <laughs> they're split up the small assets right now. We got to get to the bigger picture. And uh, February 28th seems like it's looming. If it doesn't get uh, solved by then, we will uh, probably have to push opening day back. Um, Bob, for people who haven't been following. What are the major points of discussion going on right now? Yeah, uh, first of all, I don't I don't blame you if you haven't been following. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Listen, it's funny, like my my workflow, like baseball season ends and then I don't cover the baseball team during the offseason. Like so I come back to it this time of year. Usually this is where we're starting to dig in talking about Adam Hazley and Mickey Moniak and, you know, all these guys yeah. that, that aren't very good that, that the Phillies will be banking on this year. Uh, but instead we're doing this. So in its simplest terms, I mean, there are there are a few different major issues, and that's part of the reason this is so complicated. It's not like they're having one primary fight here. You know, there are a couple different things. Obviously, it all comes back to money. But one of the reasons that I kind of look at this and say it's not just as simple as billionaires versus millionaires. Like, I think that's an oversimplification. I don't think it's really fair to the players in this particular instance. I'm not trying to absolve the players union here. You know, in the past, I think that there's been some greed. I think that some of their intentions haven't exactly been been totally pure. But in this case, it's about getting younger players. And, and this is really one of the biggest sticking points. It's about getting the younger players paid more and getting them paid more quickly, where it doesn't take so long to get to arbitration, where these guys aren't being paid, uh, you know, $500,000 a year for three or four years before they can actually, you know, start getting into that seven-figure range, which I know to the average person sounds completely ridiculous. You know, uh, we're talking about, you know, 25, 26-year-olds making five, $600,000, woe is me. But the thing that you have to kind of understand here is that, less than 20% of major league baseball players make it to free agency. You know, most of these guys, so many of these players now, uh, these teams are relying on younger players that are making the league minimum. Uh, you know, there's, there's too much risk associated with being a young player. There's not enough opportunity to truly cash in while you're in your first few years, whether it be injury performance down the line, teams manipulating service time, teams wanting to scan, you know, um, skew more heavily towards younger players. Um, you know, where when you become a free agent, they say, no, thanks. We're done with this. They move on. 
there's just a lot of go- a lot of different issues here. And so, you know, the Players Association wants to try to shorten the amount of time that it takes to get to arbitration. And they want to raise the, the league minimum. Right now, you're sitting around $570,000. They'd like to increase that by about $200,000. Um, you know, baseball, the ownership is reluctant to do that. So that's one big part of it. And then, you know, and I'll let you chime back in because I don't want to go on for four full minutes here. But the other part of it really just comes down to the amount that teams are, are able to spend without you know, having to take the penalty on the, the CBT on the, um, you know, the luxury tax, uh, you know, and they would like to see that go up into like the two forties baseball's hurt holding firm at like two fourteen is, is kind of where the owners want to be. So they're about $30 million apart there as well. Is there an example of when um, service time is manipulated, like a, maybe a big time example from a big time player or maybe like a Philly that people can kind of like grasp? Um, yeah, so like this was a thing with uh, Chris Bryant a, a couple okay. years ago yep. with the Cubs, and and really what this comes down to is, you know, you might have a player uh, that's ready to come up day one, start opening day, but you'll see them hold a player down uh, for a couple months, so then that way they can delay the clock, they can delay the free agency for another year, um, and you know the way that the rules are written, I don't blame the owners for you know or clubs for doing it. Uh, but obviously, if I'm a player and I'm a players union, I'd, I'd like to see that manipulation, uh, you know, go away. And then the, the bottom line here is just guys that, you know, you're talking about your superstar players, your Bryce Harpers of the world. Like those guys are getting paid. They're fine. You know, and I think that the Players Association recognizes that superstar talent is getting paid. They're getting paid very well. But it's that mid-tier to lower-tier player that there are concerns about. And the best way I can describe it is like this. You know, let's say you're a minor leaguer and you're down there for three or four years. And you're not somebody that has a big signing bonus. You weren't a high draft pick, so you don't have that, that fallback. And you're making twelve dollars or $15,000 a year in your early 20s. And then you come out and let's say you stick around and you, you make the, the major league minimum, uh, you know, for, for year or two. And, you know, then you're out of the game. All right, well, now you've theoretically probably passed up on your education. You know, a lot of these guys aren't going to college. They're coming out in high school. They made absolutely nothing for their first few years. Maybe they make the league minimum one or two years. Then they come out. They've got no future plans. They've they've got nothing in front of them. Maybe they bounce back around in the minor leagues a little bit. Who knows? But, like, when it's all said and done, you're coming out and you're making, you know, maybe $800,000 for seven years of work, which like, again, to the normal person, you're like, well, that's over a hundred thousand dollars a year. But they, you know, we're people in their twenties are establishing their careers when they come out of college. Like they, they are on their track. Like these guys, they come out and then, then it's over. And now what? And you're kind of starting from scratch. So when you, when you talk about, you know, the money that's in major league baseball, and the importance that these guys are, you know, uh, being relied upon or, you know, the amount of importance that these guys have to the game and these teams, you know, players are starting to say like, well, we, we got to do more for these guys. And, you know, I, I agree with that. Some people thought like the minor leagues were like, they were, or sorry, some, some people thought, uh, I know Manfred was like, I want to cut minor league uh, roster spots by 20%. And people came out, some people bitched that, you know, the MLB were being villains and stuff, trying to eliminate 20% of jobs. But like, don't you think there's too many minor leagues? I, as a person looking at it from uh, the grand scheme thing, I I don't know why there's just not a triple, a double, and a uh, and a single A. Uh, I I just I, I don't understand. Maybe you can enlighten me. Yeah, uh, I mean, 
I guess there's a couple different ways to look at this. Like if you're a, a club, do you want to pay that many, you know, instructors? Do you want to pay that many coaches? Do you want to pay that many players? You know, I could see wanting to dial that back, you know, in terms of, of putting the best, absolute best product on the field, uh, having different clubs at different levels and, and multiple clubs at certain levels in single A, there's something to be said for that, you know, like the, you know, low, high, uh, low, middle, high a, it, it gives you more players to develop. It, you know, will likely enhance the quality of, of your, your system. It'll likely enhance the quality at the major league level eventually. But yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that from a, from a fan's perspective, it would be basically inconsequential if you were to eliminate, you know, if you eliminate, if you dial back, which they are, um, that is happening. So I, I just look at it and I think that there's so many different things going on with baseball right now. Like if you just dial back from this, like this will get figured out. Will they, will they play on opening day? I, I don't know. I really don't, but like, will they play a meaningful schedule this year? Yeah, they're going to, but there's just so much, whether it's perception, whether it's pace of play, whether it's just waning interest, whether it's the uh, you know struggle to understand the way that sports are consumed in 2022, baseball just has so many different issues, and this is not helping. Like personally, like if you love baseball, when the game starts again in April, you know, assuming April, I'll watch it. You know, people are going to watch it if you love the game. But if you're that fringe fan that's like, yo, fuck baseball, you know, and and you, that's kind of your mentality, like this is not helping. And unfortunately, I think, you know, you go back 20 years ago, baseball still mattered, still just relevant in the daily flow of conversation. And these days, like as much as I love the game personally, I get it. Like I get where people are coming from when they're like, I'm just not as interested anymore. Can can it be fixed? Like, can it be fixed? Um and maybe it's not even well. It's a little bit of baseball's fault, but you know maybe it is the changing demographics of of people, the 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 changing demographics of people growing up and whatnot. And you know we're we're always on our phones. We know I I can't look at a video that's over you know a minute thirty long. I'll just skip it. Like is baseball kind of just like at one point gonna throw their hands up and be like, hey, this is the product. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah, because, you know, it's a it's like a, a tightrope that you have to walk. Like, you don't want to turn off your your older fans like they've been loyal fans and like you don't want to just totally recreate the game, um, you know, and there's a lot of purists and, and traditionalists and all that stuff. Um, but that being said, I think that at some point you can't just say, well, like this is our game. So, like, take it or leave it. Like, you've got to make changes. And so I've always been like a big proponent of the ebb and flow. The day-to-day of baseball is what makes it great. You know, 162 games, a lot of major records are based off of that. Uh, I've kind of come around to the idea that, you know, maybe you need to make the games a little bit more important. You know, maybe 162 isn't the answer. Maybe you have to scale back to 125, 130 games maybe. Um, I I wonder if that would help. Uh, I think that the pace of play is huge. I, I'm sorry, you just can't you can't ask people to invest three and a half to four hours in a game. Like you just can't do it. And so I think that they're going to have to eventually. And it, it's not going to happen this year. And it probably won't happen next year. But I do think five, ten years out, they're going to have to really look at things and say, like, how do we slow this up? You know, I I really believe that. Like, or I'm sorry, how do we speed this up? Speed like, we, we've got, we've got to, you know, fit this within a 245 window consistently. Do, do you think the owners 
love baseball like or lo- even even like baseball because I, when i look at it as from like a uh, an outside perspective it's like the owners you know they're not the nfl owners they're not nba owners they're they're mlb owners and in, in which is typically uh, other than hockey the uh the lowest uh, valuation of franchises and whatnot so it's like if you can't own a football team you can't own a, ba- a basketball team hey maybe i'll buy a hockey team maybe i'll buy a soccer team maybe i'll buy a baseball team like if John Middleton's not owning the Phils, is he getting off the plantation, kicking up his legs, and cracking over Merrill Light for nine? Can, if I if I ask John Middleton what OBS stands for, is John Middleton spitting back out what it stands for and whatnot? Are these kind of guys who's just like, hey, how can I get back in the black after the pandemic? Yeah, uh, it's interesting. And I think that the answer to that question is that it varies by owner. Um, I do think that there are certain guys that want to win and are willing to do anything to win because they grew up as baseball fans. They love the game. They want to win. Uh, you know, all of these guys are successful, you know, or like all of these ownership groups, I should say are successful. It's not totally, you know, always one person. Um, they have pride. Uh, they, they want to be the best. Some are willing to, to just go for broke though, to, in order to, to do it. Um, some are obsessed with it. Some, you know, are want to win, but they don't want to go all in. They don't really care about the game itself. They just want to, you know, they just want to be able to hold up a trophy and say, see, I did a thing, you know. Um, but yeah, like, do you watch like, and I'll give Middleton, I'll give John Middleton the, the benefit of the doubt, frankly. Like, you know, you always go back to that clip, like uh, in the NFC championship game when he's uh, at the, the game and the Eagles are playing the Vikings yeah. and he's out of his mind, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, he's like ready to rip his shirt off. Like, yeah. So like, it's like Danny Jackson in the 93 Phillies. Like, yeah, like <laughs> that to me looks like a guy in the moment who loves sports. Like, does he love the Eagles more than he loves the Phillies? I don't know. But I think that that's a guy that that likes the game, cares about the game, wants to win. Uh, I think he like wants to win for the city of Philadelphia, but you know they they haven't. And uh, I think it's not necessarily for a lack of effort or a lack of spending so much. It is is that they just haven't hired the right people. So who do the Phillies get after this is all said and done? I I know uh, there's some rumors coming out that Freddie Freeman isn't too happy in Atlanta, and I I know they could probably fit him under the tax. I think he's looking for. Six for 180. Uh, those are the uh, rumors going around for his contract and whatnot. You think if uh, if Freddie Freeman does actually, you know, kind of be like, hey, listen, I'm 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 interested in in looking elsewhere. You think maybe they pull the trigger? See you later, Reese Hoskins. While I'm very much of the belief that the Phillies need to do something drastic um, and multiple things, really, and if like they, they want to like go out and say like we're a contender this year, uh, I don't think it'll be that. Uh, I think that the competition there will just be too stiff where they'll, they'll, you know, and I don't, I don't think he will come here. I don't think like if he had a pick between the Dodgers and the Phillies, let's say that he would, would he would choose Philadelphia, frankly. Um, the Phillies right now, and this is where like, I, I struggle. I, you know, we've talked in the past and I said, like, I think it's more about like 22, you know, like it's about this year. It wasn't so much about last year. It was like, we're going to sign JT or resign JT Romuto. We're going to like try to be a fringe competitor, but 21 with Dombrowski was going to be more about evaluation, taking stock of where the organization is and then kind of move forward. And listen, you've got Aaron Nola, you got Zach Wheeler, you've got Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper. These guys aren't getting any younger. It's time to go. But like you look at their projected lineup right now. And I mean, conceivably, if the season started today, you're talking about some combination of Matt Veerling, uh, Mickey Moniak, and Adam Hazley taking two of the three outfield spots. 
that's not competitive. You know, like that's that's not a competitive team. It's not a functional lineup. You can't, you just couldn't do it. Um, you know, Kyle Schwarber, the guy that everybody's kind of been linking them to. But like the thing is, like that's a good addition, and he's a great bat. And and if you're a Phillies fan, you could be excited about that. But like they're not Kyle Schwarber away from running down the Braves or you know hanging with the Mets. You know, and I think that that's really the the concern now is the Mets. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't. To me, you need like two more big bats, another starting pitcher, and probably one to two more proven bullpen arms. Like that's how far away I think the Phillies are at this point. And so as much as I'm like, man, like this is supposed to kind of be the the time to go, they've got a lot to do. And so when I look at the lockout, and this is the really interesting part, does the lockout hurt the Phillies? Because they had so many moves they probably needed to make. And now time's going to be really short. Or, you know, does the lockout kind of just create this chaotic period where, you know, veteran guys are like, I played 60 games two years ago. You know, COVID kind of was a factor last season. I just want to get somewhere. I want to get with a veteran team that I think has a shot. I'm willing to take a little bit less and the Phillies maybe play that market. You know, so it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out once things kind of turn back on. Do you think it's going to be good or bad for the Phillies in the long run, if you could predict? Listen, I just, you know, as aggressive as the Mets are and, you know, say what you will about Steve Cohen's Twitter account and all that stuff like that, dude, like you talk about, do do owners love baseball? Like that guy has the combination of what I just talked about. Mm -hmm. Like he has an insane amount of pride. He wants to win. He wants to be the best. And he loved that team growing up. And so it's it shows, too. It shows in what they're doing. They are ultra aggressive. So the Phillies, to me, right, again, are, are kind of this, you know, second-tier, middle-of-the-pack type team. I just don't think they're there right now. Like, if I had a bet on the Phillies to make the playoffs, I, like, I, I wouldn't. Gary wanted to get a question in. Why does, why does baseball hate Gary? Why does baseball? The one solace that we can we could take from all this is that Gary might never get to see Scherzer underground pitch, and that would make me happy. <laughs> he uh he's had to go through it. Mets fans have had to had to go through it. I know the Phillies fans have it tough, but like it's not just that the Mets don't win. It's like they do it in just mm-hmm. this epic fail fashion. Uh and it's been like that for really about 15 years now. It's it's been the one thing that I've actually really enjoyed. Um, <laughs> I went to I went to school at Monmouth, so I was like on that central yeah. uh, North Jersey fringe there. Went to school with a lot of Mets fans. I really, really uh, liked rooting against them. So that part of it's been nice. Did you see Bryce down in Clearwater? Yeah, it was short shorts on the bike. I was going to say, Phillies win the World Series. Can we get you in a pair of those chubbies? Uh, listen, as a, a big J journalist, I'm a professional, so I don't, I don't root, you know? Okay. If the Phillies win the World Series, I'll I'll send a pair of those chubbies to your uh, to your house, and, and we'll get you on a pod with them on. Yeah. Those are awesome. They are nice. Uh, he's a trendsetter, man. Like I could see, like Phillies, like let's say the Phillies are thirty games over five hundred, right? Something crazy happens. It's the middle of July. It's hot as hell out. Bros start showing up to Ashburn Alley in their chubbies and trucker hats. Trucker hats, yeah, man. That could be the that could be the look. That's, uh- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was thinking the other day, Randy Wolf gave an interview and he was talking about the Wolf Pack. We haven't had one of those guys. We don't have the Duck Pond. Uh, who else? Was? I think Vicente Padilla had some guys up there in the 400 levels. We we need a fan. Yo, how how old are you? 29. Okay, so you like you were in high school 
when the Phillies were like kind of going through their run, right? Sophomore year, like, 2008. Yeah. Were you like into it? Were you like, yo, the Phils, man, like got to watch the Phils. I'm going down to the yard. Like, you know, were you like there with that or like? Yeah, because it was really easy to get down there by train and uh, load up, do a little rum and cokes, just sip on the Wawa running rum and cokes, get down there. Sophomore year. <laughs> and you would just buy, you'd buy standing room only tickets. And even though they were really good, you could still get, you could, could still get uh, games on like a, a Wednesday or Thursday. You just find a seat of a, a row of people that weren't there. It was awesome. I was really into it. And how do you feel about it now? I mean, like you're, I feel like you're representative of a, a Philadelphia sports fan. You're yeah. you're in, but lukewarm at best, right? I, I actually enjoyed the team last year for, for as bad as it was down the stretch. That, uh, that weekend when they beat the Mets, uh, that yeah. was one of the best weekends of of the summer and whatnot. Um, I will admit, though, I'm, I'm a fringe baseball player. I do think they need to speed it up. I do, I can't, you know, I can maybe watch 120. I don't think I can watch 162. You know, if there's if there's something going on a Saturday or 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 a Sunday, you know, and they're playing late night, and I'm like, you know, go out with friends or watch the fills for for three hours. I don't really think I'm staying in, but uh. They would have to make a couple moves. They would have to make a couple moves for me to really, really buy into this team. Uh, Schwarber would be one of them. I think he's just a fun dude. Um, but uh, but I was excited. I was excited by the end of it. Yeah, when they when they played the Mets last year in that series and they they sweep them and Wheeler goes out and you know does the whole like I felt like Roy Halladay was touching me thing and mm-hmm. like you made like, Joe oh. Girardi cry. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, I was like, dude, you know, you, you, you watch it like you're smart because you, you say like, I've watched a lot of baseball. Like I, I know this team is really flawed. I was always quick to point that out, but there were a couple moments last year where I was like, maybe it's back. Like maybe, mm-hmm. maybe this team's like going to just do it. Maybe yeah. baseball's back. Like you could feel it a little bit. And then you fast forward like seven days later and you're like, Nope. You know? Yeah. I think the Phillies not only have a lot to compete with in terms of like the Mets and the Braves and their own, uh, you know, deficiencies, but I think they're also competing with a mindset of a, an indifferent fan base or a fan base that feels like they've kind of been betrayed now for the last 10 years or tricked or maybe both. Tricked. You know? I think tricked is a good, is a good word. And, and I think that that's part of the reason that even if they go out and they make one or two moves, it, it's not going to necessarily elicit that like electric reaction that you wanted to, because I do think that people are like, you've got to show me and you've got to show me for more than 40 days. You know, like you really got to go out and consistently do it. And until they do that, I, I just think we're, this city's going to have this like vibe around baseball. It's like, eh, okay. You know, I, and I really, I, I feel that way. They also fell right in the middle from that 2011 to now 2022 the process years were happening. So the Sixers became like this, this, this juggernaut or, or a lot of fans, you know, a lot of the different kind of uh, nerdier analytical fans kind of moved over to basketball where I think if, if the Phillies were still good, they could have still put a stranglehold on a lot of them. And then obviously the Eagles just being good. I mean, the Flyers were here and there, here and there, but I, I really think the the Sixers going through the process years and, and having a couple runs really kind of, um, made them two in the city when I think Phillies could have taken number two spot in the city. I agree. I mean, I think the Phillies for a while were, were one in the city and mm-hmm. that equals even really at that point were you know, consistently uh, competing for divisions and, and conference championships. But the Phillies, I think have kind of moved to, to the three slot in this city, which um, 
if you would have gone back 10, 11, 12 years ago, I would have said that will never happen. That's, that's mm-hmm. virtually impossible for that to happen. And I think that they've, they've comfortably slotted themselves into that. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's a shame. Yeah. Well, that's Bob Wankel. You can read him. Well, hopefully you can read him on when's opening day supposed to happen. Well, yeah, you were saying like February 28th is kind of like the drop dead date, right? The the thought is really you could probably get to like March 3rd, 4th okay. before you really, really are in trouble. But yeah, I mean, April 1, and that's we're all uh, kind of just waiting to see if that's going to happen or not at this point. All right, don't hammer out a deal. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an optimistic person, so at heart, so deadline creates action. They say I love it. Yeah. All right, that's Bob Wang. I'll go read him at Crossing Broad and uh, put some codes into some of his gambling uh, articles and stuff, and and and, and sign up for those. 